right, we're going to be in Genesis 44 and verse 18. Genesis 44 and verse 18. A number of years ago, uh, we had a family in this church um, at, who had a teenage son. And uh, unexpectedly, he was in a car wreck and um, ended up passing away. And uh, it was one of the saddest things. And you, you, the family naturally was grieving. But uh, months later, I came back, and I, I, I was visiting with them, and I, I saw that the grief had not stopped. Uh, it, I've heard from people who've lost children that, you know, the grief uh, is, is always there. Uh, maybe you learn to deal with it. But uh, for this man, it was the primary thing in his life. It was like, as if his whole life was focused on this one thing in his life, and it was, uh, it was, just, it was just heartbreaking. Um, the brothers here in our, our story in Genesis have seen their father go through that very same thing. They have watched over the years. He, the scripture says his, his children tried to comfort him. He would not be comforted. He said, I will go to my grave mourning for my son Joseph. Um, this is what they had seen. Judah actually left home. He couldn't take it. He left home and he went and um, had some time away from home because of the greatness of the pain that he observed. And now after... About 20 years have passed. These brothers have been through this, this trial, and God has changed their hearts. God has been working in them. And I want you to know that uh, our God has a heart for us, just like Jacob had for his sons. And in fact, his heart is much greater in love than Jacob's heart was. His love is a perfect love. And we need to understand God's heart of love for us because it will help us, I think, number one, to have joy in our Christian walk. But also, uh, it will help us to understand the openness that God has toward us and the delight that God has for us. Um, Judah and the brothers had traveled down uh, the second trip, and, and they brought Benjamin with them. Um, Joseph had requested, he said, you're not going to see my face unless Benjamin's with you. So they bring Benjamin, and they eat at Joseph's house, and everything's great, and they're, they're going to leave. And, and Joseph has instructed his servant to fill their sacks full of grain, to put their money back into the sacks, just like they had done before, and to put the silver cup uh, of Joseph into the bag of Benjamin. Uh, they leave the city, and Joseph sends his steward after them. And he tells the steward what to say and what to do. And, and Benjamin is shown to have the cup in his bag. And all the brothers are just dismayed. They're... This, this is our worst nightmare. How could this possibly happen? And, uh, and they, they tear their clothes. They all go back to the city. We'll all be your slaves. The one uh, they said before, the one who has it in his bag will die. And the servant says, no, the one that has stolen it will be my slave. 
and the rest of you will go free. And so it brings us to the point at which we're going to pick up in our scripture tonight. Uh, and Judah, who has made himself a pledge to his father, he said, look, I will bear the guilt before you the rest of my life if I don't bring back Benjamin to you. And Judah goes, and he gives one of the most impassioned, wonderful pleas uh, in all of Scripture uh, to Joseph and asks that Joseph would take him instead. And in so doing, becomes a picture of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, because of the Father's great love for us, willingly went to the cross for us. Uh, this is the heart of God, uh, the great heart of love that he has for us. And that's the title of my message, The Heart of the Father. Um, we need to praise him and thank him every day that we live uh, for his great love for us. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to give your heart to him. Uh, repent and put your trust in him because his heart of love toward us is great. All right, uh, look with me at verse 18 of Genesis 44. Uh, but Judah approached him and said, My Lord, please let your servant speak personally to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, My Lord, we have an elderly father and a younger brother, the child of his old age. The boy's brother is dead. He is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him to me so that I can see him. But we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, if your younger brother does not come down with you, you will not see me again. This is what happened when we went back to your servant, my father. We reported to him the words of my Lord. But our father said, go again and buy us a little food. We told him, we cannot go down unless our younger brother goes with us. If our younger brother isn't with us, we cannot see the man. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One is gone for me. I, I said, he must have been torn to pieces. I have never seen him again. If you also take this one from me and anything happens to him, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol in sorrow. So if I come to your servant, my father... And the boy is not with us. His life is wrapped up with the boy's life. When he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. Then your servants will have brought the gray hairs of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. Your servant became accountable to my father for the boy, saying, If I do not return him, I will always bear the guilt for sinning against you, my father. Now please, let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. Let him go back with his brothers, for how can I go back to my father without the boy? I could not bear to see the grief that would overwhelm my father. So the heart of the father, and we see the picture of Jesus Christ in Judah, and we see the heart of God the father in the heart of Jacob. Uh, and uh, if you look at verse 20, uh, what can we learn about God's heart toward us? Uh, we see his desperate love. Uh, in verse 20, it says, The boy's brother is dead. He is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. 
Now, in the, in the Hebrew, uh, it says, he is left, he, he alone. So it's very emphatic. Uh, in other words, this is the only one left. Now, we could talk about uh, you need to love your ch- children all the same and all of those things, but uh, I just want to uh, just focus on what I think is a picture of God's heart here. Um, the Bible says that Jesus told a story about leaving the 99 to go find the one. Can I tell you something? God is a God of individuals. I'm told in the Word of God that uh, this, the uh, book of life uh, contains the names of every person who has put their trust in Jesus and uh, has been saved by his power. And that name will remain in that book for all time. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a number to my God, uh, and neither are you. He knows our names. He knows everything about us. I love Psalm 139, uh, where David says, Lord, you see when I sit and when I rise, and uh, you see my thoughts, and, and before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Lord, how can I even fathom this, that, that you would think this way? Your, your thoughts outweigh the grains of sand. I, I'm just so amazed at your heart of love for me. This is God's heart. It is as though you were the only one or I was the only one that Jesus came to die for. That's how much he loves us. He is left. He, him alone. This is how precious he is. Do you see the heart of the Father toward you? Um. I love the story of Jesus and the leper. In Jewish culture and in the Word of God, the, the uh, this disease of leprosy was communicated by touch. The uncleanness was communicated by touch. So if, if you touch someone else who has leprosy, you become ceremonially unclean. Uh, and you have to go through a process uh, in order to be able to worship Uh, at the temple again. And so um, Jesus reaches out to this leper who's probably not known human touch since he got the disease. And in order to heal him, he reaches out and he touches him. He says, I see you. I care about you. I love you. And I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to heal you with a personal touch. Isn't that a wonderful picture of our Lord's heart? For us, he has a desperate love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Um, scripture says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. If you know Jesus Christ, God has set his everlasting love upon you. And there's nothing you can do and there's nothing this world can do or anybody else can do that can separate you from the love of God. I love that Romans 8, uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
his desperate love. He's loved us with an everlasting love. He saw us from eternity past. He willingly sent his son to die for us, not just as a group, but each one of us personally. This is the heart of our God. Um, so uh, we see this desperate love of God in the love of Jacob for his son. Uh, so the, the sons know this. They've seen his heart of grief for Joseph. Now uh, he, they, he's told them, he said, if, you, if, if Benjamin doesn't come back, I'm going to die. I'm an old man. I can't take it. I'm going to die. Uh, this is just the way it is. Now, God can't die, but God has an even greater love for us. So the heart of the Father, um, what can we learn? Well, we see his desperate love. Secondly, we see his bound heart. Verse 30, uh, so if I come to your servant, this is Judah speaking, if I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, his life is wrapped up with the boy's life. Um, the Hebrew literally uh, speaks of his heart being bound. Now you say, well, I thought God's God. He's not bound or he's not limited and he's self-sufficient. How could God's heart be bound to someone if he chooses for it to be bound to someone? <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, um, God chooses to be bound to his promises, doesn't he? He, he, he chooses. He says, I will not break my promise. I will keep my promises. Uh, my covenant is sure. Uh, it will not fail. God chooses to bind himself to his promises. So he chooses to bind himself in love to each of us. His life is wrapped up in the boy. His heart is bound to the boy. Um. There's something about a child. You know, your kids, they grow up, they're always in your heart. There's a bond that's there. There's a strong bond uh, with good parents. And uh, the best of parents, though, have sin. Uh, we're imperfect. Uh, we're, we're imperfect in the way we interact with our kids. But God's heart is perfect and he is bound to us with a bond that is strong i i, I love what the scripture says uh, the love is stronger than death listen i the power of god's love he binds himself to us now, now what is judah saying judah's saying listen as benjamin goes my father goes if Benjamin doesn't come back, my father is so tied to Benjamin in love that his grief will be so great that he will die. His life is bound up in the lad. Is it not an amazing thing to think that the God of the universe who spoke all the galaxies into existence and who holds the, the very atoms of this world together by his power. Uh, is it not amazing to think that God would love us and be affected by us, by what happens to us? You see it 
as Jesus observes Mary and Martha and he begins to weep. <laughs> Could God be touched by the feeling of my infirmity? One scripture says we, ha- we do not have a high priest uh, that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was tempted or tested in every way, just as we are yet without sin. Can I tell you something? Jesus understands, and his heart is bound to us, but the Father's heart is bound to us by his choice. He delights in us. Uh, I love the scripture, I believe it's in Deuteronomy, where he, uh, he talks about uh, gathering Israel as a mother bird would gather the chicks under his work. Now, Jesus talks about that too. But um, what a beautiful picture of God's heart toward us. He is bound to us in love. His life is wrapped up in our life. Isn't it amazing? You read the, you read the Old Testament and you read about Israel sinning against God and you, you see that God is grieved. You only grieve about those you love. God is grieved by Israel's rebellion, but he delights in their obedience. Um, and, and so you see, you see God. He talks about, listen, uh, Israel, when you were young, I led you along like a father leads along a little child. But when you were old, you forsook me. So you, you see these pictures. Or he calls Israel my, my bride. You're my bride. This strong love that you have between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. God says, I have that heart for you. That bond. Isn't it interesting that God chooses to use the family as an illustration of his love? It's an imperfect illustration because all of us are sinful. And none of us live up to the picture of God's love. But uh, what an amazing thought that God would love us with that kind of a love. So the heart of the Father, uh, what can we, can we learn? Well, we see his desperate love. Secondly, we see his bound heart. Thirdly, we see his pledged substitute. His pledged substitute. Um, verse 31, uh, Jesus speaking, he says, When he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. Then your servants will have brought the gray hairs of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. Your servant became accountable to my father for the boy. Now, verse 33, now please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. Substitutionary atonement. Judah, please. He, he, can't, he can't face seeing his father grieve like he grieved before. He can't face seeing the father's pain as he did before. He says to Joseph, I can't bear it. Please take me instead. That's the heart of our Savior. <laughs> Listen. A lot of times we think about Jesus dying for us, and he did die for us. He died for our sins. And, uh, but Jesus also died for the Father. 
He satisfied the Father's justice. He took the Father's wrath upon Himself. But He also died for the sake of the Father's heart because He knew how much God loved you and me. And so He said, I can't bear to go back to the Father without you. And He stretched out His arms and gave His life for us. Uh, Some great pictures of that in scripture uh, this is one of the best uh, Moses is another one Moses goes up on Mount Sinai after Israel has been in sin and has rebelled against God and, and engaged in all kinds of wickedness while he's up there receiving the law from God uh, they're engaged in wickedness and, and Moses slowly goes back up the mountain as he, after he's busted the Ten Commandment tablets he's going back up the mountain And he says, and it's in broken Hebrew because it's in great emotion. He says, Lord, forgive them, but if not, blot me out of your book so that they may be forgiven. You see, Moses, in the cry of his heart, he loved his people. Uh, He he may have said at one point, he said, said, Lord, if this is how you're going to treat me, just kill me. Just take me home. But uh, he he had those moments of frustration, but he truly loved his people, and they're God's people, but they're also the people that he is shepherding. And he says, Lord, if you're not going to forgive them, just blot me out of your book instead. Beautiful picture of Christ's heart. You also see the Apostle Paul doing the same thing in the book of Romans. He he says... uh, He's noticing there are Jewish people who are coming to faith in Christ, but it's a small remnant. And he's so burdened for his people because he's a Jew. He says, I, you know, I, I'm so burdened. I, I wish that I could be accursed from God so that my people might be redeemed. He said, I'd rather go to hell than see my people go to hell. This is the heart of Christ. Um, and and it is truly amazing. At Judah, you see the focus on the Father with Judah because uh, you see that Judah is willing to be a substitute for Benjamin for the sake of his father. Um, Isaiah 53 says that God was pleased to crush him for us. Think about that. That'll blow, blow your mind if you really think about that. God was pleased to crush Jesus for us. I don't understand that. The beautiful, spotless Lamb of God. And of course, Jesus went willingly. It wasn't the Father forcing him to do so. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels. He, I mean, Jesus wasn't, nobody twisted Jesus' arm. But the Father says, I'm pleased to crush my son for you. That is powerful. So, we see the heart of the Father. We see his great love through his pledged substitute. Uh, we, We learn about his heart through his desperate love, his bound heart, his pledged substitute, and his deep sorrow. If you'll look at verse 34... How can I go back to my father without the boy? 
I could not bear to see the grief that would overwhelm my father. Jesus goes to the cross, and he knows what it's going to cost. He knows that uh, he's going to bear the full weight of God's wrath. He knows he's going to bear the full justice of God for every sin ever committed in, in all the history of mankind. Every vile and wicked thing was placed on our spotless Savior at the cross for us. Jesus knew it was coming. That's what he's talking about when he says, Father, let this cup pass me if it's possible. <laughs> if it's not, your will be done. Jesus is weeping and crying out in the Garden of Gethsemane because the weight is so great. Yet he says, I will go to the cross because I cannot bear to see the grief of my Father from losing those he loves. Can I tell you something? If it were not for Jesus... Every last one of us would split hell wide open. But because of Jesus, we can have life and forgiveness and joy and all the blessings of heaven because of what Jesus has done for us. But you see the Father's grief. Whenever we, we see uh, grief at a graveside, we can be reminded that that's the way God feels about every soul that goes into eternity lost. This ought to give us some motivation for our sharing Christ because of God's great heart for people who are lost. But it also ought to help us see how greatly He loves us. I could not bear to see the grief. Now, we understand God cannot be overwhelmed, okay? God is all-powerful. But set, just set aside uh, theological categories for a second to experience the emotion of this. Jacob's being overwhelmed by grief just shows the greatness of his grief. God can bear the grief, but that grief is great indeed. That's how much he loves you. Uh, so be a little bit awed by that. <laughs> Thank God for his great love for you. If you know Jesus Christ, uh, it is an everlasting love that has been set upon you. If you don't know Christ, know that God desires to save you from his wrath and his justice. Um, he loves you. He's made a way through Jesus Christ in your place, just as Judah was willing to suffer in Benjamin's place. And the path has, has been taken by Christ. He's paid the price. He's come out of the, the grave victorious. And he says, I'll give you eternal life if you repent and put your trust in me. Uh, that is his promise. So if you need to make that decision tonight, come and make that decision. You can come tell God about it at the altar here or come for help uh, with a prayer here at the front. If you know Jesus, uh, praise him for his goodness and his love, and praise God the Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your great love. Um, perhaps there's somebody who needs to make a decision, um, perhaps uh, joining with the membership of the church or uh, surrendering to some kind of ministry, or whatever God may lay upon your heart. 
whatever God would lead you to do, and ask you to come as, as we finish praying here in just a second. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, um, help us to truly understand. I, I know that probably uh, our minds cannot really truly fathom your, your love in its, in, in its entirety, but God, help us catch just a, the glimpse of it you desire us to catch through your word and, uh, and, and just to be awed and overwhelmed by it, that you would love us in that way. Lord, help us live our lives for you. Help us live our lives to bring you glory. Help us share the message of the gospel with the people Jesus died to save and do it all to your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.